Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say you'd start, but I do feel like I need to start this one. There's been, look, we are unscripted, we are unplanned on this, but there's been a fair bit of preparation to go into this episode. I'll start with that. Then it's yours now. Mike, Mike's yours. How long have you been out of the AFL game for now? Long enough. This one is season. What are you saying? Two out seasons. For? Uh, last season was 2020. Okay. So, yeah. Two. How's your body holding up? That's my. I've been out one. So you've been out one year? Yes. So when you're playing regularly, I assume you're just always carrying some sort of injury, especially 14 years in. It's always something you deal with. I was with. pretty lucky. I was yep. pretty lucky. But, um, you know, yeah, you deal with different things. Okay, so now your body is doing regular average Joe things. What do you te- – I actually don't know what you're setting me up for. Don't. Question. Don't. Are you still getting injured now that you've stopped playing sport? I told you this in confidence, Daniel. Okay. What? Let's talk about this, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what? Fingers, neck. <sighs> okay, fine, we'll talk about it. Knees. I, I did my calf walking up the stairs about three days ago. <laughs> How, like, when you're saying walking up the stairs, what are we, are you, was it a brisk, were you running up to catch something? Or I got back into running about four weeks ago after breaking my back in a, just a horrifying incident on yep. the football field. Okay. And I started running about a month ago, feeling quite good actually. Peter Bowl esque, maybe. Yeah. I okay. mean, I'm a, I, I really do feel good when I'm running, and I feel good about myself, and it's good for my mind. That's good. No, I'm proud of you. So I, it was early, I'm very early. I couldn't sleep about five in the morning, just thinking about back chat and how good it's going to be, and mm. all the different things we're going to do. And I got up and I thought, I'll, I'll go for a run. Very good, impressive. So set of stairs in my house. About three stairs in, wasn't even a long way up. I felt my calf go. Like, I, it it went. Like a tear? Yeah. Have you done soft tissues before? Mate. Have you done soft tissues before? My, t- my calf's been tight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, there's a difference between tightening and pulling. Like, if you pull a hamstring, pull a calf, it's it, it really is like a, a gunshot. Like, not, not physically, but it's it's like, click. Yep, it goes. Okay. It goes. You, can, you know when you've done it. Yep. And I did it. And I knew I did it. Up the stairs. Up the stairs. Third stair up. Very first thing I did. But you know oh what boy. I did? 
I can t- I thought no way I did a calf just then. There is no possible way that that was mm-hmm. my calf tearing. So I put my shoes on, I put all my clothes on, back down, got got my watch on, got my headphones on, good to go. Ran down to the park. Yep. So I ran, which which again talking about it right now feels like I didn't tear my calf. Halfway into the first lap, I just jogged down to the park. Halfway into any sort of speed, could not run. Like my calf was like a rock. Right. Which means I did my calf. I had to walk home. So I, it was a really <laughs> sad. I had to walk home. So if you were out and about, I'm talking to just the general public now, and you saw Will Schofield grimacing around a park, it's not because he's lost it. It's his body breakdown. If you saw this footage of Luke Shuey doing his hammy, um, if anyone did see that, he took the first possession of a practice match. He did his hamstring. You could see him do it, and he literally just started walking off the field. Yeah, he shook yeah. his head, he just walked straight off. That's exactly what I did. I got halfway around the dog park. People walking their dogs about 5.40 in the morning, and I just stopped. I mean, there's nothing pushing you. What, what reason do I have to keep going? I just stopped, and I started, I just started walking home. Like a disgrace. And, <laughs> and up the hill. Yeah, it was a sad walk up the hill. Yeah, yeah, good. Played some somber music in my headphones and got myself <laughs> home. Here we are. Back chat. We're here. Um... You know what you can do. Jump on socials. Get around us. Share the fan. I, I want some. I want some sharing around. We're getting some really good feedback. We really appreciate the support we're getting. Um, love you to keep sharing the podcast. You can find us over at Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Backchat, double underscore. Yep. Jeez, I'm proud of that. I'm really proud that I went with that. And some people told me not to. Well, I have. The haters. Yeah. Don't care. Reddit's been growing. Mm. The members. I don't know how I feel about this. The the membership numbers have been growing for Reddit. Really stoked about that. Okay, good. We're getting some good followership over there. It's not a word, but that's okay. No, that's fine. YouTube, um, appreciate your support over there. Getting towards 600 subscribers. Um, very, very good chat last week with Cam Johnson. Huge. Yeah, we got a guy who is one of the best at his position in the NFL. That's a big get. Mick Turner Footy Factory perked him up a little bit as well. It was nice to get a bit of a smile out of the big fella. I mean, very, very, uh, I don't want to say media trained, but... Like he had an American accent. Yeah, you know? the words, a few words came out. Yeah, We thought, oh, mate, you've done it. You've made the move. Well, we've got a great one coming up for you today. Chad Fletcher will join us all the way from Bali. Excited about it. I'm pumped. Yeah. Um, ex-teammate of mine, premiership player in 2006. Had his, had his fair share of troubles in the AFL. Mm-hmm. Um, had some physical and mental demons to get through. So it's going to be a really good chat with him. Played with one of the, with arguably one of the best midfields of all time. Yeah, but not only did he play in that and with that, he was one of the best midfielders. Yeah, his, exactly. his record yep. speaks for itself. Yep. Um, I think some people forget about him a little bit. Number seven, tanned, good looking, left surfing, footer. left footer. Yep. Left footer, ball magnet. It's going to be a great episode. You can find that over at YouTube if you want to watch that. Probably watching right now, I suppose. You can listen to us on any podcast platform, or you can read some of. I'm, I'm starting to write. <laughs> I'm Look starting out. to write. Here we go. If you thought, oh, the print's safe, I could avoid Will there. Well, you're wrong. Okay. It's well, and join us on Patreon. You can join up, be a patron, join the Fantasy League. That's still up and going. Two grand final tickets on the line. Kat's got her name. Indy's in. Charlie's in. You're in. I'm in. You're a patron now. Yep. Congratulations. It was a huge moment for me. Hello, Backchat Podcast. Uh, sorry, no, backchatpodcast.com.au or you can write us an email at hello, hello. at backchatpodcast.com.au. All of that. Fantasy League's growing. Get amongst it. Get around it. Selby Lestia, he'll be around us, joining us on the podcast. He's a fantasy yep. guru. Yep, he'll be around us. So if you want to just join that fantasy community, you can join. Jump on 
Join us on Patreon. Be a patron. I think I got it right this time. Let's do Media Watch. Okay. We've been ringing back a little bit. I haven't been as descriptive as I possibly could. Like, I could have I could have read directly some tweets. And I thought this okay. week we might do that. Now, this is from a little while ago. It's from yeah, a couple of weeks. Maybe two or three weeks ago. That's fine. But I found it humorous. Mm. That That's all. This isn't, a, this isn't a go at either person. But it is a couple of media moguls going head to head on Twitter, which we love to see. And, I, and to be honest, I'm just glad it's not me. I've had my fair run, fair, fair share of run-ins on Twitter. You know what? My phone now tells me when you've tweeted for some reason. I think because I just get involved in, like, I like your tweets and I'll just yeah. read them. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, okay, what's what's Will done now? Who's he responded to? Okay. So you're in that sort of pool. I am in that realm. And, and that's why I do enjoy seeing people go head to head. So I mm-hmm. thought I'd share this with the Backjack community because it hasn't really been covered. It was a little bit under the radar and it's something that I saved on my phone and I found it enjoyable. Good. It's Tim Gossage v. David King. Now, Tim Gossage. In Two the blue, big hitters. In the blue. Co- now we'll put... We'll put him in the red corner. Okay. Uh, former Channel 10 news host and reader for a long time. Now SEN. Legend of Perth sport, yeah, really. Now SEN uh, radio here in Perth. Yep. Does a great job. And he's incredible, hard, incredibly hardworking yep. journo. Yep. You see him everywhere. And he, and he, and he loves it. Gets involved. And, and you've got to respect it. Mm-hmm. V in the blue corner. David okay. King. X premiership North Melbourne football player. Played with my coach, Adam Simpson. No, he did too. Very good player, David King, in his time. Yep. Um, has since transitioned into the media. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of Fox Footy's analyst. He sort of looks at how things are done behind the scenes, the way that ga- pl- games and uh, plays go yep. about. He's a bit of an X's and O's guy. He's been there. He's in the blue corner. The okay. topic. Mm-hmm. Another friend of the family and another time we talk about him, Tom Morris. We could talk about Tom Morris every week and I wouldn't be upset about it. Well, I guess that's that I guess that's what these two are arguing about. So here we go. This is head to head in the red corner, Tim Gossage. Tweets. So East Coast Oh my god, come on, Will. So East Coast reports saying contract talks between Justin Langer and Cricket Australia were heated and could have been the last straw, have been shut down by Cricket Australia themselves. I guess when your entire article is based on that explosive, inverted commas, meeting, we can rule a credible line through it. There you go. Goss goes Some shots whack. fired. Four days later. Hasn't replied straight away. Four days He's later. Just had to think about it. David King in the blue corner comes back with, Goss, you couldn't have got this more wrong if you tried. Tom Morris, friend of the family, was spot on. Well done, Tom. Not happy with that. Tim Gossage three minutes later. So now we're on. <laughs> we know we're on. When you get a three-minute yeah. reply, it means you're, not, you're, getting, you're getting what comes out of the mind. Exactly. And David's referred to Goss as Goss. Tim's come back with, okay, David. No Kingy. Okay, yeah, David. No Dave. Okay, David. Not sure which bit and not sure I was pointing my finger at Tom. Back from the blue corner. Who were you pointing the finger at then? The credible line interests me. I think we can agree that explosive commas, is now proven, or do you think otherwise? I think you owe Tom an apology. That's all. When you're calling for an apology, that's big. Tim Gossage says, which meeting was explosive, David? There's a lot of back and forth. David King goes, the one Tom Morris, friend of the family, reported was explosive and looked like the end of Justin Langer's tenure. Proven 100% correct. Duck and dive, but you know he was right. Just admit it. 
Yep. This is like a good movie, I tell you, know you what, what. This for me summer epitomizes this could have been sent in an email. Like Kingy hasn't Kingy hasn't called him Tim yet, but Tim Gossage replies with Sorry David. Yep. I don't read Power Tom's move. stuff. Even though I enjoy his on air sideline reporting. I feel like that's a little drive by. It is. I enjoy it. I've got to be honest. I enjoy the little drive by lab because he does. Jab. He does do on on air sideline reporting. He's great, he, especially in the. He's cooking. also on a lot of other things. Yep. And that's that's a little drive by. I like that. I'm still not sure the meeting a week ago was explosive, but you know better than okay. What time is it over there on a Saturday night, Kingy? So he starts calling out, "What are you doing with your life right now?" Because it's what what time? It would be the three hours ahead. What midnight? At this point, David King says, embarrassing reply. Mm. <laughs> He's had Huge. enough. Tim Gossage, I'm serious. I haven't read Tom's stuff and not sure I have to. I have done many interviews with other East Coast reporters, mostly Sydney based on SEN. Anyway, I'm sorry if I th- if you think I was wrong. <laughs> he hasn't said I'm sorry for anything. I'm sorry if you think I was wrong and was commenting about Tom. David King, this shuts down the conversation. A more embarrassing reply. There's Look, nothing, a couple of a couple of big heavyweights. Nothing going at better it. than just seeing two grown men having an argument on Twitter, <laughs> and I just get to sit and watch it. I get involved in them a bit as yeah, well. Yeah, and I get to watch you sometimes. What What do you think when you when you say it? Let's talk about me, not these two. Me, you, you you'd be sitting there shaking your head. What is this? No, nah, I love it. I um, you love? No, nah, I love it. Yeah. I love it because I, you know what I do is I just go and I like your replies to give you a bit more. Bit of oomph. Yeah, like, oh, he's doing the right thing here. Yep. So um, are they real though? Are they real? Real, they likes? real likes? No, it's like, isn't it, mate? I'm just going to... Are like, you backing Oh, you're like... Yeah, backing yeah, you in. You said, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what actually happens? I'm the guy who's pretending to hold you back from a fight when I, no, I couldn't actually this hold you back. This is Media Watch summary, summing up, but what actually happens is when, when there's fights like that going on, because yep. I've been in a lot of them. I've been in enough anyway. And just for the back chat listeners, I hope you know... Which camera am I on? Am I on this one or am I on this one? Just so you know, back chatters, I... Oh, this one. I genuinely, back chatters, I genuinely love going back and forth with people. I don't take anything personally. I mean nothing personally, but I do like challenging people. So anything you see on social, just know that I'm there on the other side of my phone with a smirk. I'm not sitting there like, oh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I reckon him. you would be I'm either like- <laughs> halfway through a medium Whopper meal at home <laughs> or in bed. <laughs> I'm not in bed. I don't tweet from bed. Okay. I I I try to not do social in bed. But you're not there at your computer just like ramming. Yeah, and I'm also not angry, angry though. I really yeah, yeah, am never exactly. angry. It's but like, I, like it fires me up, but it's not anger. Yeah. And it, and it gives me a good chuckle. And eventually <laughs> I get to the point where I'm having a good chuckle. Anyway, that's Media Watch for this week. I enjoyed it. Very if good. you've got something you want to share, hit us up. Uh send it to me on social. It's probably better to send it to me because I love it. Dan doesn't love it as much. If you send it to Dan, he'll send it to me. I love watching from afar. How many weeks are we away from footy season starting? Don't ask me that, Charlie. Do you know that? You don't have a microphone. Maybe maybe three or four. We're not that far away. Let's just say we're not far away. Very close. There's a lot more to come. Let's put it that way with Media Watch. I, I, yeah. When I, footy season starts, they all when, come out. That's when it's the kids stop yep. playing and the adults. I don't know. That's it. Stop. Yeah, tweeting, tweeting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, media watch done, done you and know, dusted. You know what we're coming back to? Part two of the very, very, very hugely successful, very successful. Um, what are we calling this? Why every team can win the grand final this year? That's right. Uh, okay. We last did last what we did Adelaide, Adelaide 
Brisbane, Brisbane. Carlton, because we're doing alphabetical order. And you have mentioned a lot this week to me. Very excited about Carlton off the bat. You of have my absolutely. I've called my wife during the week and I've said, Wife, we're going to put all of our savings on Carlton to win the grand final. That's how excited you got me about it. This is part two of why your team can win the AFL grand final. Now, a little bit later on in this show, we're going to read you a You Send It, We Read It from a Collingwood fan. Yes. <clears throat> now, before we get there, I'm going to start on this one. Why can Collingwood win the flag this year? Collingwood are many's, many experts mm-hmm. favourite to win the spoon this year. The spoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. The spoon. But okay. I'm here to tell you why they're going to win the flag. I'll tell you what, though. Yeah, okay. No, tell me why. You tell me what. I was going to say, how many people had Melbourne winning the grand final last year? Not many. Exactly. But that's the point. Anyone is, can win it. This, this is year. why Collingwood can win. Yep. Brody Grundy. That's why they can win. Brody Grundy will reassert himself as the greatest ruckman to ever play the game. Has he, has he been there? Better than Dean Cox. Yeah, better than Dean Cox. Um, he needs to overtake Max Gorn, who has taken that title the last couple of years. Yep. Brody Grundy to reassert himself as the dominant ruckman in the competition. Okay. Hit outs, tackles. Goals. Goals. My man. And the Magpies to win it, they may need to be a one-man band. They may need him to just go, it's time. And just lift everyone else. Who better to do that than the first man to touch the ball when the bounce goes up at the start of the game than Brody Grundy? Um, Do they have some challenges? Oh, boy. Yes. Yes. But that's okay. We're on the positive streets here. This is why they can win the flag. They've still got enough high-end talent. Um they, they can get to September. They can win 12 games. And once they get to September, the high-end talent zero. takes over. Yep. And the young talent time, they've played a year together and they just go, you know what, boys? Thanks for getting us here. Time to jump on My our My turn. Mason Cox will be there wearing his sunglasses <laughs> on, the, on the field. He absolutely will be there. <laughs> Scott Pendlebury may be ageless. He may be yeah. a vampire. It, we, we, it, it is yeah. unconfirmed. Scott Pendlebury may be a vampire. He has, he's been playing well in day games, which kind of goes against that fact. Yep. But he may play forever. He's had more time and space than any human in the history of mankind, not just on the football field, but he yep. is just a man that knows about space. And he can he can take him there. What's the... Um, oh, sorry, no, keep going. You're on a roll. I'm almost finished. Yep. <clears throat> Don't forget, Dan, mm-hmm. this team... The Collingwood Magpies are only three years removed from Dom Sheed from the boundary. The most ridiculous kick in grand final history. That misses. This is a three-year gone premiership team. Yep. Right? Maybe they go back-to-back. Maybe they've got enough. After after 2018, maybe they well, carry that's not enough back momentum. To back. That's certainly not back-to-back. That's, 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 no, I mean, maybe... They win 2018. Maybe they've got enough belief they win in 2019. That's right. They're a good, so, they were a good side. Can they do it? Yes, they can. Yep. This team's not that different to the team that was a goal away from the 2018 Grand Final. Premiership win. I don't see why they can't do it in 2022. Yeah. Good. Love it. Good. All right. <laughs> Moving down the order alphabetically, the Essendon Bombers. Wait, I didn't give it... Gonna pies. <laughs> You gotta give it the supporters thing. That's what they yeah, say, isn't it? Calm the pies. Calm the pies. All right. Yep. I needed a couple of teeth missing or something like that. All right. Oh, I had to do it. I had to do it, mate. Wait, we're trying to win over the Collingwood supporters. All right. Essendon. Essendon. Let's go. 
Does this number mean anything to you? Six, three, eight, four. Is it? Don't don't be a smart ass. Don't no, be a smart ass. Is it something to do with lost the numbers from lost? <laughs> no, that was four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. I can't really remember what name, number I said. I think six, three, eight, four. Yep, that's about given give or take a few. When you listen to this, the number of days that Essendon have not won a final. The last final they won was six thousand. No, hang on, is that right? Six thousand three hundred eighty-four days ago. That's twenty years plus. Is it? That makes me sick. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah, the last game, the last final they won was like two thousand and four. Yeah, it's not a good record. So oh. I know this is positive town. So let's take a okay. little turn down that lane and say it's time. It's time. They're due. Uh, they are due. If you could ever say about a team that's due to win a final. It's Essendon, and if we're going to win, a, if, <laughs> just wait. Hang on, okay. Yep. No, if we're going to win a final, let's go all the way. Why not win a grand final? I yep. mean, we've waited long enough, have we not? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Let's go all the way, baby. Okay, so Essendon, a long, long time before the since the Bombers have uh, won a final. Ben Rutten's taken over from John Worsfold. John Worsfold was coach, uh, coaching a, a a culture rebuild yep. on Essendon, right? Yep. They had to rebuild the culture. They couldn't focus on on-field success. Ben Rutten took over last year. A bit patchy, new game style, didn't quite know what was going on. That's behind them now. It's time to win a final. The time's now. Yes, they, they may not have the tall stocks that other teams do. They may have to play a bit of small ball, but that's all right. The Bulldogs have done it. Yep. Richmond Dynasty. They didn't have many tall players. They barely had a Ruckman for a couple of years there. A couple I don't of think they finals. even had one for the that 2019 run. That's right. So that's why Essendon's going to win because it's time. They win one. Why not win them all? Come on, the Bombers. Come on, the Bombers. There's the flag. Wave. Wave, Here we go. There's wave, the wave. Wave the scarf. $21 to win the grand final, Essendon. That seems like pretty good odds. Pretty good, actually. Uh, what were Collingwood? I, I've missed Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood were sixty-seven dollars to win the grand final. <laughs> and the pies. Not sh- I'll chuck a buck on that. All right, we move down to a very, very important team in this town. This podcast, uh, very, very close to Charlie. Charlie We've left his microphone in the bar, but I really would love to actually get some of your stuff. So, Charlie, you go make your way over to the microphone and give me a bit. Make your way downtown. This. Is why. What do you need over there, Cat? Okay. It's the cords. We've got okay. cord issues. That's okay. Charlie can sort it out. That's fine. Fremantle. This is why Fremantle can. The win. Dockers. This is For why. The first time in franchise history. It's Wharfy time. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, God. That's, it's Wharfy time. That's from Pav's mouth. That is what Pav told the boys when they were making runs at grand finals, trying to win flags back in the day. Yep. It's Wharfy time. Now, Fremantle, as some would say, their premiership window is now open. Or now and ever? No, no, it's open. Oh, it's open. Okay. It is wide open. The breeze is streaming through. The Fremantle doctor? The Fremantle doctor is in. Yep. The Fremantle doctor is in, baby. They have okay, they have every box ticked. They have back of house sorted. Peter Bell, Rob Murphy, um, Bob Murphy, I should say. We don't call him Rob anymore. Bob Murphy, Peter Bell, set up, back of the house, all sorted. Yep. Coaching staff, all sorted. Justin Longmuir has been there a long time now. He's been there. This is his Built third rapport. year. 
right? They've they've poached Jamie Graham across from West Coast. Yep. They've got Joel Corey. They've got gonna forget some names here, but they've got a um, a dynamic game plan that goes between um, Hawthorne, West Coast, Collingwood, the Western Bulldogs, uh, Matty Boyd, who's who I was forgetting before. Yep. They have they have the the game plans from premiership and grand final teams of the past ten years, and mould that with the list that they have. Every single box is ticked. They've got a great ruckman. They've got two great forwards up front. We've got Tracy and Tabena. They've got the best back line in the league. Yes, I've said it. Fremantle Dockers, the best back line in the league. You've heard it here first. They're held together by a back line. And you can't, you can't, you can't tell me on back chat that I say the best back line in the league aren't going to win the grand final. You just can't. You, you They've can't done it before. Who are Fremantle? No, they haven't, actually. No, the best back line in the league. That's correct. Trying to give you a bit of something. Okay. The only problem is that I have with Fremantle, and I know we're talking about positives, but no. this is your chance to rebut it. I don't want to hear it before I'm done. Okay, keep going. You know what fife has been doing this preseason? Shaving a beard. He's been he's been sorting out some sort of facial hair that I'm not <laughs> sure what he's doing, Fifey, but... We he's like always to, got something, doesn't we he? We like to stay in positive oh, town, sorry, sorry, sorry. You've got a real <laughs> problem, mate. Say that, say, yeah. This is why they're winning the flag. Fifey's been kicking goals. Fifey has been learning how to kick set shots. Mm-hmm. And you know why that's dangerous? Because he couldn't do it before. That's correct. He could not hit the backside of a barn, but now he can. And you know yeah. how many goals he's going to kick? He's going to kick almost 40 goals. 40? Yeah, Fifey's turning forward this year, baby, because he can't play in the midfield any longer because his shoulders are cooked. Okay. And he can't do that bash and crash. So he's going forward. He's kicking goals. Freo winning the flag. I'm telling you right now, Freo winning the flag. Charlie, oh, before, we throw, before we throw to Dan, getting a negative straight. So I sent you a text this week. I was reading what you writ, written, and I think I said something like, Scoey, this is the best thing you've ever written. <laughs> I have to agree yeah. wholeheartedly. You know what it is? It's because it's true. Yeah, it is true. And especially the thing about the back line. You know, people sleep on Freo's black back line, I think. They've got um, Pierce, yes. they've, got, uh, they've got Luke Ryan, they've got Griffin Loke, they've got Hamling that everyone forgets he's even playing. Even Hayden Young. Hayden Young, great play. He's going to be an absolute gun. Your back him. line is outstanding. I'm sure I'm missing guys. They, they play together, they look after each other, they can turn defence into attack quickly. They have it all. Absolutely. And you just put that behind the play. They get a bit more pressure in the midfield. Sort themselves out. Chair is out of there. See you later, mate. We don't need you. <laughs> don't need him. Bye-bye. Don't need him. Bye-bye. Get some more draft picks in. Get some guns in. They drafted well. I, I couldn't be higher on Frio this year. I was high on them last year. You were. Well, they're winning the flag this year. $26 to win the flag. Get on them. I think I'm going to be getting on that. They will, Absolutely. They, they, will, they, they will win. Just address one question for me. It's not a negative, it's a question. Charlie, does it sound negative? I sound a negative it's to a me. Question. It's a question. Can they stay healthy? Because last season, I heard the same things. Every every box ticked, blah, blah, blah. Round nine, it was half, the se- half the team is gone. Look, they let me down last year. I came out of a West Coast side, and I felt like getting into the media, I couldn't be high on West Coast. I want... I'm holding on to your arm. I it's want Freeman to to win. I, I really actually, do. I, I would. I would legit. How about we say it right here? Yeah. Freeman will win the flag. I'll do. 
however long you want me to do in a Freo, I'll do it in a Freo jumper. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not even risk. It, like They'll win it. So I'll, I'll maybe you can buy me an old I'll, – I'll wear a Heritage one. Yeah, yeah, I'll get I you want one. The, I want the short With my, with my winnings manners. from my $26 bet. With a twenty six odd bet, Charlie, you're betting one dollar, you're winning twenty six dollars. I want the Clive Waterhouse. I want the Tony Modra. Clive, you know that's what I want. I want the kick it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll buy it for you, Will. The Burton. That is it. That is part two of why your team will win the twenty twenty two Grand Final and the Dockers. I'll tell you what. That's, so far, that's the Carlton of last. So far, week. you got me, Jason and Carlton. So at the end of this, how many? What's uh, what's eighteen by three? Six. Six. Yep. It's gonna be six teams that I back. Okay. After this. Okay. Because I'm absolutely jazzed about all of it. They can't all win. Maybe they can all get into the finals, though. (sighs) That's a big multi. We're toying with, and I know this is just, this is very green at the moment. We're toying with the idea of us backing all 18 teams to win the flag. Mm. With a little Patreon only, little. Okay, we do. We, We like this. A little Patreon only, what do they call it? The Melbourne Cup sweepstakes. Yes. You get involved. You draw a team out, we back it. We back it for you. You don't have yeah. to spend a dollar. Yeah, we back oh, it we for to, you. You have to join Patreon. Yeah, join Patreon. We back it for you. Someone's going to win. One in 18. We're going to do it. I love it. It's a very good idea. I actually like it too. So we put, I don't know, 10 bucks on a team? Yep, on every team. How much were, um, who did I speak about? Essendon, $67? No, Collingwood was $67 to 670 win. 670 bucks. Cash money. Very good. And there's some reasons why you can win it, so... Love it. If you think that's a good idea, you let us know. <laughs> yeah, join Patreon. We're going to do it. 18 people, 18 teams. Right. We need to get to it. You send it, we read it. Yes, we know. We did not do it last week. It was not deliberate. We- Sometimes I start talking on this podcast. We have a lot of people working on it. No one told me I didn't do it. <laughs> it's all your fault. No, there's, there's a lot going on. I know, but that's okay. There's a lot of good stuff. Now it's left a bit of time for us to get into these. Now... Mm-hmm. Um, we did we did do a we did do a little individual pace on one of them that we missed last week. Yes. So we did do the Will Schofield uh, is an absolute gunning yeah. grand finals. Yeah. Right? And that was a bit of me time. But that we gave that its own little pace. Yep. Now it's time for a couple of legendary pieces from you send it, we read it. What does that even mean? You send it, we read it. For whatever, someone who's just started listening. Whatever you send to us, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. It's our email address. People send emails still. Whatever you send to us, we'll read it. We've had people send uh, little plugs for their business. Yep. doesn't matter because we'll we've it. said from the beginning, if you send it, we will read about it's it. getting better, Charlie. Yeah. I'm loving this cut here, this whiskey sour. Very, very it's good. Past tense. It's loved. No, I'm loving. Oh, no, it's, even, it's, oh, it's, gone. it's almost gone. Yes, I've been trying to, trying to savor it, but I couldn't. Whatever you send to us, we'll read it out, address it, talk about it, answer it. It doesn't matter. Yep. <clears throat> this is... Perhaps one of the great emails we've received throughout the time we've been doing this podcast. This is from Benjamin Brown. It is. This is this is this is Benjamin Brown. Research. This is this is from someone who's made an account purely for this. Yeah, it's Benjamin Brown at gmail.com. It may or may not be him, but that's who it's from. Doesn't matter. Don't say it's not from him. That's who it's from. Okay. Sorry for the long email. Don't apologize. No. Never apologize. We respect it. I emailed a while ago with my attempt at breaking down the Will Schofield versus Ben Brown rivalry slash Bonnie relationship. And as Will rightly pointed out, just looking at goals scored and how they were scored was too simplistic. 
I return with a more detailed breakdown, but only for one game, as unfortunately, I'm not quite interested enough to devote my whole life to this just yet. Just yet is the key point there, you mate. You will get there. Maybe if you get made redundant or something, lose your job, you can devote this. I rewatched the 2019 Round 19 game between West Coast and North Melbourne at Optus Stadium. I remember this game. And documented every instance in which I felt Will or Ben did something meaningful on camera. I've attached all of this below. Overall, excluding ruck contests because they were not real contests. Will and Ben. I played in the ruck a few times. That's this. Is, I remember. I, and I Ben Ben does get into the ruck. Yeah. So in, anytime in he had to go into the ruck, I had to go with him, which is not. That's not what usually happens. Usually the ruckman comes down and you sweep as the backman. Yep. But this is a very rare game where I actually was in the ruck. Okay. Please continue. Will and Ben had fourteen contests. Will won six. Ben won three, and there were five that were drawn, plus one run. Uh, plus one rock contest where Will gave away a free kick to Ben, but he kicked a point. What did you like get an <laughs> no, elbow in or something or no, hold continue on? Continue on. Continue on. I think this way of breaking down a game slash contest between two players is better than just looking at stats. That's correct. But still incredibly flawed, of okay. course. Okay. There's so much that happens either off camera or which I probably wouldn't even notice. Ultimately, Ben Brown had no impact on the game. <laughs> That's just a great sentence. Just just read that again. Sorry, I didn't quite hear you. Ultimately, Ben Brown had no impact on the game, which was a high-scoring, free-flowing game of football. I would say that means Will had a pretty good game. And on the basis of this game, I accept the premise that Ben Brown is Will Schofield's bunny. Oh, jeez, what an incredible email. Uh, other observations, Willy Rioli was, hopefully still is, a stupidly good footballer. Yes, And yes, if anyone ever answer. challenges Will's thoughts about Lewis Jetta being the best he's played with, just tell them to watch this game. Okay, yes. so this is game uh, round 19 in 2019 at Optus. Every bit about this email. This is from someone who... This is insight. This is someone who's actually studied something. It. This is yep. great. Okay. I do have a question for the team, if that's okay. Do Dan, Charlie, Sam, and Kat have a bunny or nemesis? Also, I also have a, a guest suggestion. Ben O'Connor is a young Western Australian cyclist who is absolutely killing it in Europe. Yep. Last year, he finished fourth in the Tour de France, yep. including winning a huge mountain stage. Thanks for all your work. Love the pod. Okay, I'm going to address the question for the team, which is completely okay. Do you, Dan, Charlie, Sam, and Kat have a bunny or Nemesis. Mm. I'll tell you this much for free. You know, I'm a multifaceted athlete. Yes. Cricket, yes. football, yes. basketball, won championships in all of them Temp except football. Temp in bowling. Yes. There was a team that we used to play at Warwick Leisure Centre. Yes. And hard hitting games. Basketball. Hard hitting. C grade, Monday night, hard. 10 p.m. Hard. Uh, we used to play this team. I can't remember the name of them, but they used to wear Miami Heat style jerseys. Right. Vice so City so style. They went out and spent a bit. They went out and spent a bit of coin. They're not just going down to Target and putting the sticker on the front. No, no, no. This guy I used to play with every week. Every single time we played against them, him and I would would get into it. And every single week, I'd say to him, shake his hand because I do that at the start of every game. I say, mate, t- tonight let's just. Let's, let's just put it all aside. I just want to play. It's, it's 9.30 on a Monday night. I just want to play and go home. Let's keep it civil. And he'd be like, yeah, mate, no worries. Have you seen the clip on socials where the guy's walking down the middle of the aeroplane going, I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. <laughs> no. All right. Can you please clip that. it up and put it into okay. this? I'll watch that. Because that is what is in my mind right now. Okay. 
So we do the, we do the handshake thing. I'm very matesy with him. Yeah, mate. Let's. I just want to play. Get home. See my kid. Go to bed. It's nine thirty. My kids asleep. Anyways, it doesn't matter. And you're playing D grade. And I'm playing D grade. Yeah. Um, every single week we used to get into it. Get, what do you mean? Get into it? Like, like trash talking one another. Hard fouls. Oh. Gossage v. King. Gossage v. King, very much Hard so. Hard fouls. Yeah. Oh, boy. I remember one week he didn't show up, and I said to his mate that I became mates with, I said, what's with number 41? Why isn't he here? <laughs> and he said, he's left the team. He's gone to work. FIFO. So he had to leave. That's the story. I think he went and got a job, FIFO, so he didn't have to face me every Monday night. Dan Const wins. Yep. Victor. So <laughs> that man... I can't even remember your name. Don't even remember the name you played for. Why would you, mate? Why would you? You're the winner. It doesn't matter winner. who he was. You quit first. He's my bunny. So I'm sure he's listening. Is it? He's any, definitely listening. Final word? Suck nah, it. Suck it. Yeah. And we won. We won. <laughs> we won. We won, a, we won a grand final that year. Charlie Cat, you get a microphone back over there. You got any nemesis over there? Yeah, it's Cat. Mine <laughs> <laughs> was Charlie. Yeah. I, I, I feel the rivalry here. I'm, yeah. I think... We could find some more things to compete with. What would you like to see Charlie and Kat compete in? I think this is the new dance challenge. Yeah. The hotly contested dance challenge, which didn't really continue. Yeah, because you didn't bring any challenges. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put Katia v. Charlie in some challenges. We need a name for the challenges because we're we're bad at this. Dance challenge. No. (laughs) Mins v. Mills. Minzy v. Millsy. The I challenge. Think, okay, I, I kind of think Millsy on 6PR though. Like, oh, what's he doing? I also think <laughs> of Millsy from um, no, Nova. Rob, Robbie Mills. Like Robbie Rob, Mills. Rob Mills, one yep. Australian Idol. Yeah, yeah. I don't think like he won. Actually. No, I don't. Right. If you would like to see uh, Kat and Charlie compete, one, we need a name yep. or said contest, and two, we need competitions. This, yep. this can be the Danny Frawley. Uh, much respect to the great man. Um I, I loved him because he, he gave the backman a, a voice. Yes, the, the fist. The, 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 the best segment on TV in, in football was Dunstall v. Frawley. Yep. That's what I'd love to see out of these two. All right. You've seen, you've seen the first instalment. Cat's one up. One nil, Charlie. One nil, baby. Still roar about that. Yeah, very good. Very good. Okay, moving on. You send it, we read it. I did tell you that this is one of the best you send it, we read it's of all time. This is from... Marcus. Marcus. Just Marcus. Marcus joins us. No subject. Love it. Hello, lads. I jumped on board this podcast recently after Scoey repeatedly plugged it on a 6PR and and he's enjoyed it so far. Right. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks for jumping on board. And thank you for plugging it on 6PR. You want to take a breath and make sure you read the next sentence with how it's written? Because that was written perfectly and you read it poorly. I've noticed the recent criticism, Malcolm Conn, after the Justin Langer stories of recent weeks... And notice that the Langer v. Con battled has battled has gone a long way back as proof last week with the interview with Liam Bartlett and other story by Con back in August. He must have had an argument with Langer about a story uh, he wrote that JL didn't like and has been trying to get the square up since. Not only time not only time this has happened, of course. Not only I'm gonna reread it because it's it's not written. <laughs> Please continue. It's not only the time. Am I saying anything? Just it's not only this. It's happened this at uh, the time of this, of course. What do you want me to read? It? 
Not the only time this has happened, of course. Right. It was the ED. Anyways, there was another story with Carolyn Wilson and Sam McClure both having to apologize for their story about the Adelaide Crows camp. Saw that. All that those big. years ago in a statement, which I felt were forced to say it was done in a good, good, good intentions, despite players telling stuff that had happened inside the camp. Right. That was long-winded. Little, it was long-winded. Legs. That was long-winded, but yep. that's okay. Yep. Yeah, a little legs. Yeah. I know you had Tom Morris on your podcast did, sometime. Friend, big friend, big friend yep. of Backchat. But I think you should get some local intel on there. Okay. And what it was like working on what I think would a dog eat industry. I'm sorry, I'm, there's like there's words missing in here. I know you had Tom Morris on your podcast sometime, but I think you should get some local intel on there. Uh, and what is it like on working on what I would think is like a dog-eat-dog industry? There you go. My question is this. I'm going to read you the question. Are you ready for this question? Have you had journalists that you like and or dislike to interact or question by, not going full American sport and walking out, and also understand sometimes what they are meant to be doing despite some of the stories being half the time being crap? Okay. Keep up the great podcast. One of the best in sport, Marcus. He's a 6PR listener. I'm glad that someone has come across from 6PR because I plugged the shit out of this podcast on that thing. Like I absolutely uh, ruthlessly plug what we're doing over here. Ruthlessly. Very good. Very good. And you couldn't even spit the word out of your mouth <laughs> on ABC. You were so scared of what no, would happen to over there. i got to follow the rules. Um, okay. Ever walked out on a, on a press conference or felt the need to? First of all, I would like to apologise to Marcus for the reading of your email. It was poor by Dan. I, think I need, you know, I I need think, grammar. I think you can agree that that was poor reading. It is when I'm reading it fresh Charlie's without the grammar. Even, it was poor. Yeah. No, I mean, Charlie, I don't know how much better you would have done, but <laughs> it was okay. still poor. Okay. So to the question, journalists, journalists that you like or dislike you to interact with. <laughs> Sorry, you're just speaking weirdly now. Um Ryan Daniels in Perth. We're talking about local local journos. Is this a like or dislike? No, like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you had journalists that you like and or dislike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love, so I didn't know which one he was, if he was a Love like Ryan Daniels. Yep. I, think, um, I think he's balanced. I, I think he isn't that opinionated. Yes, he's a breaking news guy. He's in the Tom Morris build. He, he breaks yep. news. But I think he does it respectfully enough that you can cop the news breaking if it's... Real, and if it actually has some respect. I think we both know that Ryan has been on intel that things have happened before and he hasn't reported well, them. Well, that was a problem I had with someone else breaking something else that I spoke about a lot on this podcast. That, yep. Look, everyone everyone knows things in Perth. It's a small town. Yep. Not everyone breaks everything that happens. You can't tell me that happens. I was told that on Twitter as well by someone else we just spoke about, that everything they ever come across, like, no, it's their job. no pe- people... People hold things back. Mm-hmm. And they do. I think Ryan acts in a pretty honest way. I think everyone in Perth's pretty good, to be honest. I, I know we run Media Watch, but I like to pick people up when they just, you know, a little slip up, keep them back, get them back on the ice rink. Um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. I don't want to go too hard at anyone. Yeah. People I dislike. Is there anyone that's not, finished? Not up? necessary, but it's good to know that there are journeys out there that you like. There was one guy, with. I will say, there was one person back in when I first started, team meeting was called. This is the only time this has happened in football. Okay. Team meeting was called, players only. And this is about 2007, 2008. So right in the midst of a bit of a cultural rebuild, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. Um, one journalist in particular had gone um, looking for information. Uh, he found a hairdresser that was looking after quite a few of the boys. 
They all did have the same haircut. And yeah, they had one. <laughs> yep. Um, we're about to speak to Chad Fletcher about that right now. Oh, yep. But it got back to the boys that this journalist had been questioning a hairdresser. Tell me about what's going on. Tell me what the boys have been saying, this and that. That he was blacklisted for an entire season. And so any any reports that were done, any, any questions that were ever asked um, in the rooms, journalists used to just be able to all come down and they could ask questions of whoever they wanted. Yep. If you saw him with a microphone, you were to stop speaking. Um, it got to the stage where he was having to put his microphone under the arms Yuck. of other journos. So it lasted for a full year. He's still in the media industry here in Perth. We'll not name him. Okay. That did happen. I'll ask you about it once we stop recording. Last one. You send it, we read it. From Jay Jones. This is a good one. This could be one of the best. Okay. Please do it justice. This is from my work email, so I'll hold back on my usual profanities. Fair enough. I love the podcast. I've been catching up on all the episodes, but as a one-eyed pie supporter, can we have one episode go by where I'm not reminded of the 2018 grand final? Fair assessment. I'd rather hear about Dan's six for fuck all versus the under 10 school for the vision of head for the hundredth time. Anyway, keep up the good work. Love the big TB episode. Seems a little too intelligent. Seems a little too intelligent to be playing. That's enough. No, that's enough. That is enough. That was that no. Was that is disrespectful. Completely right. That is disrespectful. <laughs> Love the podcast and have been catching up. I'm reading this again. Love the podcast and have been catching up on all the episodes. But as a one-eyed pies supporter, can we please exactly yep. have one episode go by where I'm not reminded of the 2018 grand final? I would rather hear about Dan's six for fuck all <laughs> versus the under 10 school for the vision impaired for the 100th time. Shut up, Dan. Anyway. Yeah, there was no, there's no shut up, that's Dan. That's what a there. good read does, mate. Anyway, keep up the good work. Love the big TV episode. Seems a little too intelligent to be playing in the back line, though. Cheers, boys. That's from a Magpies fan. Yeah, absolutely love it. I think we have a bit of an interstate following. There's been some requests over the last couple of weeks. For beers with back chat to be moved to Melbourne. <laughs> we'll come. We'll, we'll get there. We've got I will just say. We're up to something. We're up under to something. 10's Vision of Bed. It was <laughs> under 12's Stuart Hill Lions. A very good club. Anyways. <sighs> On that note, I think we should move to why people are here. And I appreciate everyone who's stuck around and hasn't skipped ahead. If you have, fair enough. Chad Fletcher coming up. He's an absolute master of the game. Um, you can find it on YouTube. If you're not already watching, you can find us on Reddit. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, all the jazz. All right, we are very, very luckily joined by the one and only Chad Fletcher, all the way from Changu, Bali. G'day, Fletch. How are you, mate? G'day, boys. Thanks for having me along. Oh, mate, it's a genuine pleasure. Now, uh, we start with one question with all of our guests, but before I get there, I just want to give our listeners right off the top an understanding of Chad Fletcher as a footballer. Now, I did a little bit of pre, like a bit of research, which is sometimes rare for me, Fletch. Just wanted to get an understanding of you as a footballer. Have a, li- have a listen to this, Dan Cons. Let's go. Right? Was, uh, was picked up in the rookie draft in, uh, with pick 28 in 1998. Didn't play a lot of games in his first year. Played almost a full season in his second year. In his third year, 2001, he was third in the best and fairest, fourth year, 2002, fourth in the best and fairest, third year, 2003, third in the best and fairest, fourth year, second in the best and fairest in 2004, fourth in 2005, 
won a premiership in 2006, and this is amongst some of the greats of all time, Judd, Cousins, Kerr, Cox. Good company. Chad Fletcher is sometimes the forgotten man, but here on Backchat Podcast, and I'm not going to say podcast, <laughs> Backchat Sports Show, you are not forgotten. You are one of the all-time midfielders of, of, of the greatest of all time, Chad Fletcher. Thanks, guys. That's a beautiful wrap. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. It's a nice little running sheet, isn't it? Well, I put that in my resume. Well, like, uh, look, I've known you for a long time. Obviously, played a bit of footy with you, but kept in contact uh, while you've been over in Bali and 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 for the last sort of ten, fifteen years. I I put my hand up and say I didn't realise how good you were at football. <laughs> um, I don't know what to, what to say to that, but thanks. It's a um, I mean. I guess playing in that star-studded midfield, you do get um, sort of uh, lost a little bit, which was perfect for my sort of character. I never wanted to be in the limelight. and always wanted to go under the radar a bit. And I'd always um, – so I, when I first started, I played with a, a run with role with a lot of the opposition's great midfielders. So those guys never really seemed to get the recognition externally, um, which sort of suited me. But internally, obviously, you play a group and your coaching staff, see the hard work you do to – to nullify one of the, you know, one of the opposition's key players, and that was sort of my starting when I first started under Ken Judge. He was more about, you know, teaching me how the good players play and where they run and where they position themselves, and that was sort of the making of me, um, basically learning off the greats like Robert Harvey and um, those Andrew McLeod and those sort of players, and that sort of taught me. And then once um, I did four or five years of that, then it sort of became a bit more of a freewheeling role for me. But again, I was sort of fortunate enough to get probably the third string midfielder in the opposition. So, um, mate, I'll take that for sure. Well, well, I mean, you were always a prolific ball winner, though. So I think sort of uh, saying that you were a tagger, I think that's a bit rough on yourself. Uh, was it? Was it always footy? Like when you were growing up, um, did you always want to play footy at a professional level? Is that the only sport you did? Oh, actually, p- pump the brakes. I have just forgotten Cardinal Sin here on Backchat mm. uh, Sports Show. Fletch, I've got to ask you off the top. Uh-huh. We all know what you've done as a footballer. I've just read out your run sheet. Um, you're All-Australian in 2004. You're a premiership uh, player 2006. You're a great footballer. That's awesome. What is your greatest sporting achievement not on the football field? Uh, we don't we don't care how good a footy player we're. What have you done in a sporting sense or a sporting realm or a sporting arena, not on the footy field? And just to give you some context, we've had people say poker, that they've dominated in poker, chess. So okay. don't feel like you have to, you know, stick to a ball sport. Okay. Give me a minute. Let me just ponder on this. Also, I'll add, while you're pondering, yeah. 30, I think I was reading before, Chad Fletcher, 34... In uh, in Eagles history of most games played as well. Yep, one eighty seven. He's actually behind me. Do you believe? But um, didn't quite get there. Fletch unfortunately. Forty third in goals. Did you get the no, did I didn't. No, no, I think it was like one ninety six. I reckon. I remember back there when there was games when you were sort of a senior player and you could pick and choose which preseason games you played. And I remember asking Wusha a couple of times, probably five or six times over the the couple of seasons that. I wanted to have a rest this week, and that come to bite me in the ass because now I was just under the 200 club. Because with the 200 club, you obviously include your pre-season games and whatnot. So I think I was 195 or something, and I was rattled the next. When Tyson Stengline got his 200 club tickets and Embers, and I was like, oh, my God, 
just come under. I've, I, I, that 200 Club, I do have that. I've got for, I've got for two free tickets to every game for life, Fletch. Sorry, mate. You might have to swing them over. Mate. <laughs> what are you going to do with them? You can't, you yeah, can't... I don't know. I'll probably sell them. I might even sell them and make some cash. <laughs> All right, come on. Um, come on, that's yeah, enough that's time. Sporting events. Okay, okay. So this is going to be a bit random, but my partner, Natalia, her dad rates himself as a bit of an athlete. And... Um, 2019 Christmas, which was the last time I was in Australia, we had a bit of banter going on and he was telling me how he could beat me in a race. And I was like, the competitive um, side of me came out. So I think it was Christmas Eve. We went down the park. Natalia was there. It was all pretty much shits and giggles. But obviously the competitive side of me kicked in. I was like, right, let's do this. So we drew a line on the park at two ends. It was a 50-metre sprint. And uh, Natalia's younger brother, who's borderline professional surfer, so he's a really good athlete, he wanted to join in too because he thought he had both on toast. And um, off we went. I was like the proper start, like a, like a sprinting start. And he jumped out of the block so fast and I was like, oh, I'm done here. And then I came home with a wet sail and I reckon I – I mean, the, the judge is still out, but I reckon I picked him by about a whisker. <laughs> and he was he was mortified. He, he, he never lived it down. He – Ever since then, he's been running ten k's every day to try and get me back. To try and get me back. How long was this race? Was it was it a long one? It was fifty meters. It, well, I mean, I couldn't go longer than fifty yeah. meters these days anyway. So. <laughs> that's so good. I reckon that's probably up up there with one of my great sporting achievements um, in a in a laughing sense. But the other one would probably be surfing Kandui on a really big swell in twenty twenty August. It was a, probably the biggest waves I've ever seen, and I. Paddled out and got a couple of nice ones. So How big are we talking, Chad? No, it wasn't massive, but it was like really angry and thick. Okay, um, like just just for those that you know, um, you know, may not be surfers like you and I, uh, maybe Dan, perhaps. Yeah, um, I've gotten on the old booger board. Now and then. <laughs> to tell Dan how big is not not that big because I know for a fact not that big is big. Um, it was probably like eight to ten foot, but like a really thick eight to ten foot. It wasn't like an eight to ten foot. Yeah, of beautiful. a nice soft little wave. It was the chunkiest waves I've ever seen, basically. And I was I was petrified. Did you um? I paddled out and I, I snapped the board and then I went back in and got my mate's board and then paddled back out and then I got probably the, one of the waves of my life and it was I was so stoked. That's pretty. I remember once I was out at um Yanship, paddled out maybe you know three hundred meters <laughs> and I um this is just on like an, an escalator I um a bodyboard. And my lead snapped. Like, it was massive way I came. I ducked under it, board came out, lead snapped. And then um, I went in. I was like, there is no chance I'm, I'm coming back after that. You've snapped a board and just gone out, gone out for more. No, I think it's – I think when you see the waves – I mean, do you, do you, I, I'm guessing you don't surf a whole lot. But when, you, when you're in a moment <laughs> when there's like um, – when you're in a moment when there's the waves of your life, you, you would ride a, a plank if you'd ride anything because you're not going to get that chance again. And it was – through COVID, there was literally five other people out. It was the most perfect ways I've ever seen. And, you know, I wasn't going to let that beat me, basically, so I just jumped on any craft that I could and paddled back home. You came I'm sure, the... Scully, you did the same. Oh, well, probably not, mate, because I can't surf either. But um, <laughs> but you did get drafted. Uh, Phil Reid was in your draft class, wasn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah, so you're a rookie and he, he was drafted. Phil Reed's gone on to be yeah. one of the best big wave surfers in Australia. Yeah. You live with him, right? Yes. Yeah, so he, he popped up with mum and my family because um, his mum was, I think, in Geraldton at the time. So he just came and lived with us. And he was a boogie boarder at the time and then he switched to surfing. And now he's 
he's he's gone next level. He's he's amazing. He's um he's charging. I think um, there's there's hope for you still. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I think he's also into cycling, but um that that sort of part of his career was cut so, short. So Fletch, um, a few weeks ago <laughs> I on the pod, uh, no, a few weeks on the pod, a few weeks ago on the podcast, I spoke about the Australia Day party at your house where myself and Maddie Spanger rode Phil Reed's bike home. Can you remember this? I do. I clearly. I, well, I don't remember the whole lot of the party, but I remember. I remember that you guys riding home. <laughs> oh, and we was, and we ruined his bike, and he was absolutely yeah, was, livid. That was one of the all-time parties that I think I've ever had at Edmondson Crescent, which which held a few parties back in the day. Oh, uh, that's unreal. So, yep. So he's uh he's got his bike back and he's cycling again. Um, <laughs> now Fletch. Uh, 2004 All Australian. You played for Australia around that time as well. Was that was that the peak of your career, other than the premiership? Was that was that your best footy at that time of your life? To, to be honest, guy, I reckon that was when my sort of name became a little bit more familiar with everyone. But I felt like 202, 203 were probably my best years. Um, but I think 204, I think I came. You know, I was quite high up in the Brownlow and I don't think I had a good year as I did the year before. But once you have a solid year, I think people recognise you a bit more. And, um, you know, I came second to Juddy in the BNF that year and he won the Brownlow. So, you know, as much as it was a good year for me, I felt like 2003 was probably my my best year in, in sort of my, in my books. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I think the whole lead up in that, 2002, 2005, um, were, were good years for me. And I was surrounded by great players, which obviously always helped. What was that like? I mean, we've we've spoken to Sam Butler on this podcast, spoken to Matty Spanger on this podcast. Um, they've both said similar things about that midfield group who, I mean, really, as I said off the top, you were one of the best of it. What was the culture and work rate like playing with Kerr, Judd, Cousins, Braun? Embley, Stangline, Butler, I'll have to put his name in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the work ethic would never, ever be questioned. It was like we would cross that white line and you just knew you had each, you knew you were just going to be in it for a dogfight with any team you played. I mean, I guess if you put Sydney as an example, we there wasn't, I think there was something, it was a ridiculous stat, something like 20 points in, in combination, 20 points in combined over six or seven games that there was the difference. So, Every time we'd go into the field, you know, we would know we'd be, we would know we're in for a dogfight, and we 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 never actually like ran over sides. We basically dug deep, and um, we just got over the line most most weeks. We, we never really, you know, pump sides or um, really do, as much as we were the dominant side. We never really could put the put the nail in the coffin quite often as much as we probably should have. Not like Brisbane did, you know, you know, many years before that they would actually. Beat sides by 10, 12 goals, whereas we were winning winning games by you know two or three goals. But I reckon that put us in really good stead for the, the finals because we knew what it was like to win those tight games, and we knew what we had to do. You know, when things got tight, we would just band together and, and make it work. And especially Juddy, he was one of the best at that. When he when we were winning by ten goals, he would he would he would happily admit this. He would check out a lot of the times and just think about the stock market. And, <laughs> Whatever's on his brain, and uh, but when the when the when the chips got going, when the chips got really tough, he would 
dig deeper than anyone and he'd find an extra an extra mile which was was really inspiring because um we we did a i think you might have been in this lesson scully we did a um ask ask a few questions around the group and we wanted to pick out his brain and said what makes him tick and he was we asked what makes him tick and he basically just said I don't really care when we're up by ten goals, like you know, in, in a layman sense. And then we said, okay, well, when do you, when do you care? He's like when we're down by two goals, that's when I want to try the hardest. And it was just a real good insight to the way he thinks and the way he, you know, how competitive he is as a person. I wanted to bring you back just to that Sydney West Coast uh, rivalry because I was I was having a look at that today, and I do recall that being um, just so tight. And so the um, between September two thousand five to March two thousand seven. So that includes the two grand finals and the two finals that you guys played um, against each other. The margins were four points, four points, two points, one point, one point, mm-hmm. and one point. So what did that feel so, like? So, so somewhere accurate. Yeah, no, no, you were, you were, you were, you're probably you were probably right. The combined was was probably around that. But yeah. what was that like going up against? Like, is it just like, oh, these guys again, or like, yeah, how do how do you sort of mentally get ready for that? You just know you're in for a war. I mean, and I know, you, you know, you probably feel it too, Scurry, Scurry, over your career. You, you know the sides that you're just going to be in for a tough day. And, you know, you, you might get ahead by four goals, but you know they're going to come at some point. Um, and in 2006, when, when we were fortunate enough to win the grand final, you know, Adam Goods roped it out of the centre and we were up by a couple of goals or three goals. and We had a fair margin for lead. And then Goods, within the first minute, dogged one. And we were just like, here they come. And then... After that, I just bashed Jude Bolton on the chest, and I was like, "You're not going to get a kick for the next 20 minutes, dude. I'm sorry." <laughs> and then it was just like game on. It was, you know, we knew they were going to come, but then, you know, starting the grand, starting the final quarter like that was a, you know, it was a real eye. Like, okay, here they come. Um, so, 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 2005, you guys lose a grand final. 2006, you win one. Um, no, it's a long time ago now, Fletch. Not trying to make anyone feel old because I feel old talking about it too. But what, what's what's the difference there other than losing and winning? Um, the mindset, like how did you guys come out of two thousand five going into two thousand and six? Uh, was it a redemption? Was it how did you guys feel? What was the mindset of the group? Yeah, I, I think you know we knew that we were better. I mean, this is not being biased. We knew we thought we were a better side than Sydney, but they just had a lot a lot of heart. And they never gave up. And we thought, you know, as much as you're pretty fortunate to get to a grand final, as you know, you, things are going to go really well for the whole year to, to reach a grand final. And I remember after the grand final, we'll, we'll destroy it. And obviously, and we thought, you know, I think because he said it on the stage, is like, this is not the end, this is just the beginning. And that sort of really stuck in my mind to think that, you know, yeah, we had a good year in 2005 and we, we deserved to be there. We, we, you know, 50-50, we could have won the game quite simply, but... I think all credit to Sydney that they got over the line. They played an amazing game. And in 2006, we just had this resolve that I don't think anyone was going to ever beat us, to be honest. Um, the Adelaide game, you know, the, the Adelaide game was just uh, come from behind win. where Embers was huge and Cuzzy was huge. And um, I think after that, we, we knew that we were going to take it home. There was nothing that was going to stop us, basically. 2006, you win the grand final. So you said that your best footy was 2002, 2003. You're All-Australian 2004. You lose a grand final 2005. You win one in 2006. Uh, you personally, where, where, how, how are you in that period? Are you, are you, are you loving it? Has footy always been everything for you? Have, you? have you always 
you know, some guys are – Matty Prudis, I'll use an example. He lives and breathes footy and always has. Mm. Has that been you forever? Was it at that time? I think when I was really young, I obviously I really wanted my, – my nan was a, um, an Olympic runner and she had her – she won a bronze medalist in the – 1850s Olympics probably, I don't know, so, so far long, so long ago. Um, but I always wanted to sort of follow in her footsteps and she showed me her bronze medal one day and I was like, right, I just want my name up in lights. Um, so then I sort of went down the footy path and I, I always loved the game, but at times it wore me down because, you know, I didn't like the limelight. I never liked the external pressure that I got from, you know, I when you go through trumps and in your footy career, you know, you get the media and they just they just persistently pound you day in, day out. And then I remember speaking to Simon Black and I was talking about it and he was like, dude, just don't read the papers. Like just just quit all the media, just don't read it. And I did. And that sort of helped me mentally just detach from um, the external pressure that we that we often get as footballers because it's quite hard to bounce back after um, the media pump you, you know, pump you like down to the ground, like it's your fault losing the game, yada yada. And um, I think it just it really takes a bit of mental resolve, which I guess over the years I built that up um, to become quite mentally strong. But at the start, like two thousand and two and three, everyone's you know everyone's um, balloons and whistles when you're playing well, but when you, you have a couple of bad games in a row and you're kicking, you know, your kicking gets a bit off, and then. Um, it's hard to sort of recover from that, but um, luckily we had good, you know, good support around the whole footy club that can help you get through that mentally. Talking about mentally, 2006, you win a premiership. That year doesn't end how you'd want it to end. Now, you take this wherever you want to, mate. We, we breed this environment. Hopefully on Backchat where guests can be whoever they want to be and talk about what they want to talk about. But 2006 doesn't end the way you want it to end. You go on an end-of-season end of footy trip. Um, what happens there happens and... Uh, from an external point of view, without being in, in your shoes, mate, uh, it affects the rest of your life. What do you recall of that period? Um, again, your mentality, your mindset, um, talk me through it. Yeah, mate, it was it was really tough. It, you know, obviously what happened in, um, overseas happened and but I, I, yeah, I'd love to talk about that. But in terms of the mental scarring, it, 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 didn't, just, it didn't just affect... Um, me personally, it affected everything. It affected me getting a job, basically, because you would go to a job interview and they'd Google your name, and the first thing that would come up would be, you know, a negative, a negative, um, a negative headline, and then the next three or four would be the same. And you're like, hang on a minute, I've just played, I just won a grand final. I've had a really good career, and, and all of a sudden, these negative headlines at the top. So it wasn't just, um, it wasn't just me mentally that it, that it, that it hurt. It was more like a lifestyle thing that really impacted me. Even when I started dating a girl, like, you know, um, Tegan, I probably remember the Tegan Skelly, the wild one. Um, <laughs> she, uh, her her mum Googled my name and then oh she was like, what doing with him? He's X, Y, Z. And then that's, I mean, then Tegan's like, well, he's not a nice guy and yada, yada. So it affects you in a lot of different ways. And mentally, I really struggled with that, to be honest. Like, um I did a few things for the AK Fashion. I ended up jumping. I probably read his bike and rode to Albany um, <laughs> for uh, for the AUAK Foundation, and it was like a ten day ten day journey. And I engaged with the AUAK Foundation. We did like a we stopped off in ten little towns. Just spoke about um, mental illness and 
and whatnot and how tough time to build your character and um, it was interesting. We actually rode the rode the journey with a four or five hockey roo girls and a friend of mine, Ben Taylor. It was a really cool experience and it just go go to show how um, people don't really talk about it unless they've got the license to talk about it. So we would stop off in let's say Jinjin and we'd ask for questions. We'd talk do our little spiel of mental mental illness and mental awareness and no one would talk unless um, we started talking about it. And then as soon as we talked, they would all just regurgitate and they would tell us all their stories, which was the, the main goal of of, um, of the ride was basically to get everyone to talk about their, their tough times and their demons and get it all out on the surface. So um, with every negative, that becomes a positive and I engage with the AUOK group, which I'm still in contact with, and they're a great organisation. I think it's a great cause. Um, and I see obviously a few people, you know, recently have, have gone through the same same sort of issues that I've been through, and um, yeah, it's never nice, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to seek help, and you've got to have a really tight um, friendship group that are always there for you and are willing to, to talk you through it, even if it's just an ear to listen to. I think it's it's crucial to to um, to getting through those tough periods. I agree, mate. I do some work with uh, Men's Talks and Mental Health Organisation for Men and Men's Health. Um, I think all of everything you've just said is is extremely important. If we can stay on it for a second, how um, having having I guess having to deal with what you dealt with and reflection on poor decisions made, um, people in similar situations and having to go through both public and private um, persecution, effectively of of things that you've done, is there anything you look back on that? You know, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you're looking at a great space now. Are you building some villas over in Bali? You've been there for a long time now. You settled down. You got a beautiful partner over there. Is there anything on reflection that uh, you wish you should have done, or wish you could have done, or did do that would help someone else listening? Um, obviously, a decision to. Um, I guess when when you win a premiership, you're not going to sit there and and drinks like cups of tea, you're going to have a, a good time with the boys. And that, and that, I probably wouldn't give that away for anything as much as it, it didn't turn out the way I, I wanted to turn out. Um, it is what it is. You have to, you know, you have to play the cards you've been dealt. And, um, you know, it affected all of us, obviously, like you think the footy club, my family, my parents, um, everyone around me. But in terms of, um, yeah, I guess, I guess I, I was pretty down in the dumps for about 10 or 12 months because, not long after that, my partner left me and um, she had three boyfriends at the same time and it was a bit of a wild, wild journey then for like the next three years from 2006. And I was up and down and my footy wasn't going great and um, it was really challenging for me to be on a scale. And then once I retired, um, there was another transition that was really tricky and, and I'm sure you're aware of it too, is going from, you know, having everyone at your sort of fingertips to... You know, a lot a lot of the people that were around you at the time of, of success, they sort of drop away, and you really you really realise you who your true friends are, and um, obviously the, the good mates will never go anywhere. And but you really just it's an interesting time the, the transition from being a professional sportsman, not just football, into the real world is is quite challenging. And I came to Bali nine years ago, not really knowing what I was going to do. To be honest, I was just like I needed some fresh air, I needed to. Needed to surf and just get some, just some clear my mind a little bit, and then things started to open up when I started to look a bit more positive at, at life and um, 
know, villas opened up and some opportunities opened up with a couple of people that I knew. And then from there, it's just sort of been, it's been a really relaxing, um, I guess, out of the limelight and casual life over here. We, we don't live an extravagant life over here for sure. We, you know, my friends come over, it's always great to catch up with them. And the time you do catch up with them, you know, you have quality time. You know, you and I went surfing so and it's always, you don't see your mates that often, which, which sort of sucks, but the time you do spend with them over here is always, you know, you're always having some fun and having some adventures, which is sort of cool. Well, now we can sort of just, in this period, I feel like I'm just living vicariously through you while you're in Bali and we're <laughs> trapped in Perth and, <laughs> and can't go. So yeah, I'm just imagining I'm there in the room with you and it's sort of like, you know, making me feel a little bit better. What was the um, what was the biggest learning experience for you once you left? For you? Like you said, when you're in the footy club and you've got so much resources at your disposal and so many things are done, leaving then, um, what was like that biggest learning curve for you? Um, I guess footy gives you a lot of skills, right? It's, it gives you professionalism, gives you commitment, gives you punctuality, um, and all these sort of skills that football you know, you don't really realise it until you until you post footy and you're like, hang on a minute, footy did me a, a, a world of good, not only in terms of, um, you know, playing something you, you love, but in terms of, like, real-life qualities you should you should strive for as a human being, like, you know, obviously being punctual and committing and, like, working in a team and all those sort of characteristics that you don't, you know, a lot of people don't really pick up them if they're just in a nine-to-five job and go to uni and, so I'm really grateful for the opportunity to play, especially at West Coast. It's one of the one of the beautiful and great clubs, and still is, and super proud. And always get really genuine, good people that come through that footy club. It's it's never you never have one person that's bigger than the club, which which I love about West Coast. And um, they, uh, you know, I've heard in the past that their mentality to draft is basically they draft good people over good footballers, which I think holds the footy club in great stead because. You get a bunch of good people that are going to work for each other. It's better than getting two superstars that are going to go out in their own limb and do what they want. Do you reflect on when you finished up that you were done? You were done mentally, physically? Could you have kept playing? When they're all finished up in 2009, I believe. Was that it? You happy with it? Yeah, mate, I was done. I think I was done at the start of the year ago. I could see the new breed coming in. and As much as it was really tough because I was playing decent enough footy to get a game and, you know, um, there was a couple of young kids that were playing in front of me and we probably weren't in the running to to play, have a real dig at the final series that year and Wusha just said to me, look, you know, you're in good enough form but we're, we're looking past one year and I was like, okay, that's fair enough. And it was a really hard pill to swallow but at, once I swallowed my ego, I was like, okay, well, it's, you know, there's a bigger picture here, there's a footy club that's, that's at stake here like, you know, Masto obviously went on to have a great career and he was, you know, hypocritists were sort of the ones that were sort of taking my spot and both of them, you know, great careers and, you know, it was a really smart decision by West Coast as much as it was a hard pill to swallow for me. Um, I think it just holds the footy club in great stead, you know, for the future when when they, when they I guess, um, when they look at the future instead of looking for now, if, if they're not going to win a grand final that year. Well, we had Masto on this podcast, Fletch. Um, it was uh-huh. uh, it was colourful. Um, we had some we had some good stories out of Masto. One of them that he told was, and, and I honestly I'd looked past it a little bit. I didn't realise how it had gone down because he was quite a high number to begin with. He was number thirteen when he came to the footy club, and he changed to seven. And I hadn't kind of reflected that that was your number. And he told the story about 
I guess uh, you <laughs> handing the baton on. Uh, you gave him his number. Yeah, it was nice. He's a good kid, Nasta. I really have a lot of like a lot of time for him, and he was. Um, I think he might have played in the wrong era, to be honest, Scott. I think he might have. He should have played in our, our era because it was a bit more. It was a bit more of a balance from um, from off field antics to on field professionalism. I think, and I think he would probably admit that too. Yeah, Nasta, I think certainly he did. Once before. Um, but yeah, great kid. How's he going now? Anyway, I haven't. He's killing it, mate. He's uh, he's working in wholesale wine sales, um, which is perfect for him. He's a venue manager across Perth. He's got a little awesome. company with uh, an ex-teammate, ex-premiership teammate, and Will Schofield called Heroes and Comrades, where we sell wines <laughs> and do corporate tastings. Uh, and he's uh, go, yeah, going good, mate. He's got a couple of kids now, Tex and Stevie. Um, he's awesome. he's settled into life very nicely outside of the AFL. He did he did mention yeah, that it was nice. sort of. Um, uh, not in a bad way, but it was odd that he sort of connected with a guy sort of in the latter stages of their career when he was really young. Who was an old boy like you, Flat. Yeah, sorry, when, you, when, you were, when you were old. And he just said that, you know, usually that doesn't really happen. What, what, what was it about him that sort of led you to go, like, I'm going to take this guy under my wing a bit and, and sort of bring him in? I think just his um his cheekiness. Like, he was a bit of – he, he liked to have a – you know, he liked to have semantics off the footy field, and I liked that. And a kid, you know, he got a bit of got a bit of go in him off the field, and um, I, I don't know. I just took a liking to him. He was a really good, you know. There was big raps on him. I think he was number three in the draft, was he? Scully? Yeah, I'm wrong. Or somewhere yep. pretty high in a, in a really good draft. Um, and there was always big raps on him the first couple of years. He, you know, wasn't great for him, and then I just saw I saw something in him that I sort of liked, and um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I sort of took him under under my wing a little bit. Um, him and Butsy. Butsy was another one that I sort of took a really good liking to. He was a good kid from South South Australia, and um, I don't know. They just they just had good work ethics, and they were just good humans. And I liked being around, surrounding myself around good humans. And it was so nice to see both of them, especially Masto. You know, when I was well and truly entrenched over here, you know, playing great footy, and um, yeah, it always gives me a buzz to to see guys that you you know. You might only teach them one or two percent, but that one or two percent, you know, obviously helped them to become speaking know, pretty special. So, yeah. Sorry, speaking of um, the younger guys, what was what was your first impression of Scoey when when he um, was drafted to the club? Be honest, mate. I actually don't remember. <laughs> I'm completely honest. Like, I actually, I actually don't remember. That's probably but, good. Um, but, <laughs> um, over the years, obviously, obviously, become good friends, and he's a, I love him. Legend. We, 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 I, I actually actually knew his wife um, a lot before I really got to know Scully, and I think that's sort of I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scully, but that's sort of where we, you know, gained a little came a little bit closer was because of Alex, um, and uh, and then we met obviously you know Pat together and went surfing together and whatnot. And then it just sort of developed from there, and then we catch up in Bali every time you guys are here, and yeah, it's just a really nice. I mean, with good friends, I've. You know, I'm really good mates with Simon Black, and we might talk once every six months, but it doesn't matter with good friends in, in my book. You, you check in with them, you know, in a year's time, and they're still the same. You know, the good blokes will be good blokes. And, you know, Embers is similar. He's always going to be Embers. And, um, yeah, it's just nice to have those long-standing friendships that you don't need to nurture the whole way. You, you know, you, you know they're just going to be there forever, basically. Uh, very kind words by you, mate. You made me remember um, one time where we were able to bond a little closer and it actually moulds into a little bit of a line of questioning I wanted to follow about some of your modelling career, Fletch. Um, oh, so 
look, I was going to stitch you up fully, but I'm happy to stitch myself up to start with. Um, Tyson Stengline's sister, Jennifer Stengline, very, very big photographer. We may, we may actually have to have a chat to her on this podcast because sure. she is a very good chat. She um, now f- uh, takes photos for Playboy. So we may have to have a chat about that, Dan. Sure. Uh, Jen- I, guess I, could, I guess I could pose, whatever. <laughs> Jen um, was taking some photos in and around Perth, and this is pretty early on in my career, and she organised a photo shoot. Um, Tyson Stengline was there. Um, uh, Dave, Jen's partner at the time, was there. And Chad Fletcher and Will Schofield were the four uh, models and we were sort of going around Scarborough taking photos. Anyway, either that morning or the night before, Fletch, who, look, he'd done some modelling professionally, so he, he liked how he looked. It was important to him to be putting on a good face. <laughs> Fletch got stung by a bee uh, the day <laughs> before. Ricky, you remember? Sure. And you had to take the whole day of photos. You had to face yeah. your right-hand side to oh, the camera because <laughs> one side was like it had a stroke. True, true story. True story. That's hilarious. But you know what? Jen is that good at photography, you would never know. That's how amazing Jen, Jen is as a photographer. He was like two-faced. Um, he, he was like a water balloon on one side of his face. Was she the same person that took photos for you when you were trying to sell a house and you were posing in the... No, that was a different one, mate. Yeah, let's not get into my modeling career. <laughs> on that same day, Fletch, we took some old vintage surfboards um, from Patrick's <laughs> office in West and he said, whoever he gave them to, either you, Tyson, Singline, do not ride these. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember taking them down to Scarborough Beach and riding shore breaks with probably $20,000 <laughs> surfboards. <laughs> you remember that? I just remember clear down at Brighton, eh? Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. So, so talking about your modelling career, um, look, for those of you who are listening who've been following West Coast for a long time and been in Perth for a long time, live. Talk to me about your relationship with live uh, clothing and shot. I just remember you as a, as a model, not so much of a footballer, just a model. Is live outside of Perth? I don't know. Virtual, no. I think live's gone under. So oh, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much like my modelling career. At the same time, <laughs> I went under like they did. Um, but there is one funny story. I, there was I did a little bit of modelling for them, and you know, just one of their one of their campaigns. And they had a cardboard cut out of me in the Karanup shop, the live store in Karanup. And my mother lives quite close to Karanup, and she kept going in there and eyeing off this cardboard cut out of me, full size of. Of, of her son. Anyway, there was, she had, she, she'd had enough of seeing it. She was like, right, I'm going to go in there one day and I'm just going to grab it. And then she walked in there. She grabbed the cardboard without asking permission, grabbed it. The lady's like, hang on a minute. What are you doing? She's like, I don't care. This is my son. And then she just walked out, walked out of the, walked out of the store with me under my arm, me under her arm, and then came home and plonked it in the, lip, in the lounge room. And I'm like, what the heck did you just do? She's like, I asked them. Actually, no, I didn't ask them. I told them I was going to grab this out of the store, and I did. <laughs> so then there was a cardboard cut out of me in the living room for a couple of days, and it was pretty, it looked, it was pretty weird, to be honest. I was going to ask, where is it now? Yeah. Sat, sat there for the last 17 years. It's been circulating on Mom, eBay. Mum's probably framed it somewhere, you know, others alike. You, um, at, around about that time, you really lent into the, the West Coast Eagles. It was probably a more AFL general thing, the, uh, the haircut um, which you know, in <laughs> over time, over yeah, <laughs> over time, I guess in the AFL, generational haircuts happen. You know, the shaven or the mullet. But you guys really did the um, like, I'm sure there's some straighteners out and about 
straight and fringe, bit of a mullet, long sideburns. You were repping that as well. Did you guys talk about that amongst yourselves or having the same haircut? Great question. No, but I think Nizzy, man, Nizzy was a there was one as big advocate of getting 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 rid of it because he didn't want us to be known as, as studs. Um, <laughs> yeah, studs. Boys, get get a short short back and sides. Um, there's one pretty prominent photo of me when I've got these absolutely disgusting shades on and I've got a mullet and I've got a, sh- a tight large shirt on with three buttons down the front and I've got three-quarter denim shoes shorts on and I was wearing sandals and it, it, the boys here and my mates here always bring it up. Well, I think we know what we're posting is the picture for the, the, the cover yeah, art for this one. Oh, shit, no. What are you doing now, mate? So you, we've been we've been bouncing around that you're in Bali. What's what's life for Chad Fletcher after a career of almost 200 games in a premiership? Where are you? What are you doing? Yeah, so I've had a little business called the Macraman for you know four or five years now. I think it is, and that's ticking along pretty nicely. Um, we've got about ten staff now, ten ladies that we hired from a village um, that didn't have much going on out there. So we went over there and. We spoke to a few ladies and trained them how to do macrame. So we've got them on the payroll, which is which is nice. It's a nice feeling to give some support to some local communities over here, which are you know well and truly struggling. So that's an e-commerce business which is going well. Um, we've got a few villas being built in in Bingham Hill, which is a nice project. We've got two villas and two studios. Nice. That are going to be finished hopefully by the end of the year. So if anyone wants to come back, chat Bali, back chat Bali, back chat Bali, baby. Yeah. There you go. Um, more than welcome to come over and visit us. We might be living next door in one of those villas. So, Even better. Um, Perfect. Be nice and close. Um, but other than that, mate, my day sort of entails. I'll, you know, I actually got a funny story. Actually, um, Natalia asked me what my news resolution is, and I just sort of you know, brushed off a few things, and she was softly spoken about a couple of kilos that I've put on in the last sort of couple of months. And I'd, I'd sort of recognise it. I, I do like my food and, um, and I recognise it, but I just didn't want to sort of accept it. And then I went down the two days after Natalia mentioned that to me and got out of the water and, you know, you're surfing board shorts over here only. And I walked up to the boys having a few beers at the bar and they said, gee, Chatty, looking a bit thick. And I'm like, well, that is, that is the answer, right? And I went to the gym next day, signed up for three months. So, Every morning I've been going to the gym and um, basically I just sit in the spa and the ice bath. I don't really do much work anyway, but it's a good excuse. It's a good excuse. <laughs> Your muscles are in great shape. Uh, You're actually looking very good, mate. Like I've got to be honest, I'm a little bit, a little bit jealous. I'm just top half. Top half's okay. Mm. The, and the, the black tail is just definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the old iceberg theory is happening over here, Scully. <laughs> What do you? What have you got? So, just to finish off, wrap up the footy stuff. Two thousand six Premiership. What memories do you have of that day? I, I know we sort of moved on, but what, what do you have of? Like, I, I, I personally have not a lot of recollections of a lot of days in my football career. Played a lot of games, and I don't look back and think, "Oh, how good was that?" Or something will have to happen to think about it. But the Premiership day and the Grand Final day for me, I have a lot of memories. Do you? Do you have fond memories of the? Where's your jumper? Where's your medal? What, what's 2006 to you? Oh, my medal. I'll get onto that one later. But I guess, <laughs> um, I guess, uh, yeah, you don't really. I mean, the start of it, you just you're so laser focused that you don't really hear the crowd. I mean, when you first run out, you hear the crowd, obviously, which you no go. And then through the game, I remember I touched on that um, that moment when Goodsy grabbed it out of the center in the last quarter and. and 
dog run from 45 within the first minute and then I just, you know, bashed my opponent and said, you're not getting a kick. That was a pretty pivotal moment that I could remember. I remember Juddy running through the middle a couple of times, um, the crowd roaring. And then I guess when the final siren went, um, uh, I remember running up to Nico, Mark Mikoski. He was, he, he was pretty unlucky to miss in that game and we were quite tight at the time and, um, I grabbed him and hugged him and said, mate, this one's for you. And, you know, we both had tears in our eyes. It was just quite moving um, just because there's obviously un- unlucky people that don't play in the, in the grand final. And obviously it's, you know, it's it's sort of make your career or not sort of thing. You win a premiership, you recognise as a premiership player. And if you don't, then you're just you're not really recognised as, as having that status. So I really felt for Mark. And, um, and then after the game, I was – you're so exhausted, like everyone wants to come and talk to you. And we just, you didn't really have time just to enjoy it with your mates, with your, your teammates. So we just sort of locked ourselves in the locker room and just said no one's allowed in and just sort of just drunk a beer together, like nice and casually And after the song and after the, all the, um, the hoo-ha went down. And, and then we just sat there for 10 minutes, which was really cool. We just sort of chatted how cool it was and let's enjoy this experience. And then... Um, after that, I don't really remember that either. <laughs> <laughs> Neither, mate. It's gone. Yeah. Absolute whitewash. Where's your medal? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we went to the nightclub called um, Eve Nightclub. And <laughs> oh gosh, it was a pretty. There was a there was a pretty little girl behind the bar, and um, I actually gave my medal to her that night. So you probably deserve this more than I do. So I gave it to her. And her name was, I remember her name. Her name was Pia, actually. She was um, serving, and then again. She was she was a bard, but yeah, she was a waitress. And then literally at the end of the night, I was ready to go home, and the boys were like, "Dude, where's your medal?" And I'm like, "Holy shit, where is it?" So I went back. They said period check had clocked off. I think they knew they were playing a joke, and I was like, "What?" So she's just taking my medal. I'm never going to see my medal again. <laughs> and then like I was distraught, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Just had another couple of shots with, with a couple of boys. Oh, that'll, that'll fix it. That'll fix it. <laughs> then, yeah. Then and then she appeared, and then she she was like, "Oh, it was a joke." Here you go. Yeah, good joke. So that was a pretty interesting. Um, that is very good. That was very yeah. Scotty. Scotty Lysett was the Chad Fletcher of 2018. He well, did something quite similar. Well. We might have to chat to Scotty right. about that though, um, mate. Uh, I think we can wrap it up. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, we appreciate your time all the way from Bali. Um, can you tell me before I let you go, the Macraman? Where can people buy some of that stuff? Because it's a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit hot off the press, that. It's difficult to get a hold of some of the stuff you're doing over there. How can people find that? Yeah, so it's um, it's online, so um, www.themacraman.com. Um, we ship worldwide. Most of our clients are in Australia, so um, shipping's obviously a bit tricky at the moment. So, um, But we're still getting the work, still flushing the orders out. Um, the best seller at the moment is the camera strap, which is a hand-woven little camera strap, which is which is really hot for us at the moment. Um, but, yeah, jump online or the Instagram, the Mac, at the Macraman. Um, or send us an email and say g'day, um, hello at themacraman.com. I tell you what, that sounds like a back chat sponsor if I've ever heard one, Dan. <laughs> Good one. Uh, thanks, mate. Appreciate your time. Well done. Great career and you're living your best life over there, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks, Gary. Nice to talk to you, boys.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.